Welcome to episode 205 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is a man who is talking to us today, right now, it's Randy Michaelstaff. That's me. This is the man who went to the beach this weekend and got a little bit sunburned. Oh, Randy, how... Now, Randy, you, you've had your head shaven, so did you lotion the head? I did. And then uh, the second day that I went to the beach, I uh, I was wearing jeans per usual, you know, because I'm, I'm a jeans man. You wore jeans at the beach, Randy. Yeah, but I, I, I rolled the pant legs up quite a bit. And then my... Uh, like a Victorian beach goer. Yeah. And then my, uh, my legs got a little sunburned, and then my nose is a little bit red, but everything else is good. The dome's fine. How's your neck? Neck's good. You're, I need you to be a redneck once in your life, Randy. Join us. <laughs> One of us. All right, we had a, had a good little beach trip down there in uh, Cayucas. Did you get your new hat? I didn't. I wore the same one from potentially two years ago when I was yeah. down there. All right. I haven't seen that Cayucas hat in a while. I, have we been having a lot of hat, Randy, or not really? Because, you know, when you do when you do go out... Do you wear the hat, or uh, what's going on uh, with your head situation? Not really. Uh, sometimes I'll just wear a beanie, but I haven't been rocking the hat too much. But You're still doing su- summer beanie? On occasion, like in the mornings, if it's a little overcast. Can't get behind that. No, that's a little, that's a little too earthy crunchy for me, Randy. <laughs> Heat stroke waiting yeah, to happen. You got a hacky sack in your back pocket? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Not that cool. <laughs> Do you wish? Hacky sack's dumb. But you know what's not dumb? Episode 205 of the Overlooked Hour. This week we brought in our old friend, Madeline Kessner, a.k.a. Marbles, a.k.a. we summoned her back from the dead. Um, Madeline has not been on in, God, probably a year and a half, she thinks, since the last time she talked about um, uh, Serenity. She mentions, yes, her favorite movie. <laughs> It's just painfully boring more than anything else as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but what do I know? I'm not the rules. Sick <laughs> reference. Thank you very much. Randy, did you ever see Serenity? Yeah, I did. Eventually. Yeah. It's not my thing. Yeah, it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Madeline came on. And uh, we God, we talked a lot of film today. And uh, we had it. All right. So let's say. Let's just go ahead and warn you. Uh, we do a cold open in the show uh, where we wanted to do a bit. So, not sure. Uh, it didn't go over well, and that's fine. That's our brand. Where bits bomb. <laughs> Welcome to the Overlook Hour. Uh, but yeah, so it's supposed to be with a musical cue. Randy, do you understand what I was telling you earlier now? It's like, the beats, just follow the music, see what you can do with it. If you need to go in the song, like, during a certain time, I don't know, do what you can. Yeah, I got it. But uh, yeah, so long story short, Daryl Blood's theme song, which we love and we've had since episode 200, uh, Russell and I realized it's a little too spooky for us. So we wanted to spook up the episode. So I think we've got a new bit to the show. It was too spooky and you wanted to spook up the episode? Well, yeah, because we we talk about one horror movie every episode, it seems like. So, <laughs> you know, we open up with some with some spooky music. Uh, it's a letdown when we're talking about hot dogs and uh, butts. <laughs> a lot of butt talk. Again? 
well, because of a movie that you need to research called Butt Boy. <laughs> All right, Oksana Osachi, tell us how we can entertain ourselves during this time of quarantine. So, a couple days after uh, or before this episode goes up, Skinwalker is coming out on, um, I believe it's on VOD. It's about a, a fragile young woman who has tried to escape the dark past of her family. Um, she's forced to return to her family's estate and deal with um, past drama. Udo Kerr is in it. Ooh. Hell yeah! Um, but he's I'm, in everything now. I, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, <laughs> his schedule is just all work. How many movies has he been in this year? We watched at least like three of them. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then the day this episode airs, Shudder is bringing us a brand new La Llorona movie. It's La Llorona. <laughs> it's just called <laughs> La Llorona. But it's a very different take on the story. I watched part of the trailer. I, I'm not a fan of trailers. Um, but I watched like the first half of it to get a feel for the movie. It's um, So it's about a family who's just going through all the shit possible. So they're um, retired general like granddad is going through a trial for a decades old genocide of um, thousands of Mayans but he's old and senile so he's got like like an oxygen tank with him in, in the trial room <laughs> this is all in the trailer um, so the synopsis is in the midst of a trial for genocide a retired general's family weighs their responsibility to protect the erratic and senile man as a mob grows in front of their home and supernatural forces seem to be targeting the family, most of their domestic staff flees, except for a mysterious maid who arrives after the fact. So it's like a... Um... I don't know. It looks really good. It's just like a haunted house movie, sort of. So that's going to be on Shudder on Thursday. Alright. For any questions, queries, concerns, or comments, please direct those to podcast at overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy. It's not any of my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hour is available on Facebook as The Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hour is available on Instagram as The Overlook Theater. The Overlook Hour is available on Twitter as The Overlook Hour. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Randy? I think I uh, do them a disservice in the episode later, but uh, check out the Nightlight Theater if you're anywhere near Los Banos. They are getting new movies like She Dies Tomorrow and The Rental. So someone there knows what they're doing. So check that out. Good deal. How, how are the concessions over there at the Los Banos drive-in? You know, they had hot dogs and they had tacos and they had popcorn. I'm bummed that I got Wendy's before I went in because I would have got a hot dog. I mean, Randy, get the hot dog anyway. You know, a hot dog uh, later. That's true. I could have, I could have, uh, you know, afforded another couple, couple calories. Your, your vacation. You, you know, look, man, sunburns. Uh, you you got to replace the calories because uh, <laughs> you burn calories when you get sunburned. Yeah, I think that's how it works, right? Yeah, exactly. That's how I lost all my weight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I stayed inside for six years and gained it all back. All right, enjoy the episode. Um, as I said, there's a bit in the beginning, and, uh, you know, we're having fun here. 
the overlooked now. Okay? You can say all you want to if like, oh, you know, quarantine life, we're all trapped. Nah, man. Life is what you bring to the party, man. So like have a good time and you that know like a Hannah Montana lyric. <laughs> is it <laughs> almost <laughs> well, party in the USA. Lollipops. <laughs> plays so uh me and clark were talking about our creepy intro music from uh, episode 200 and we thought we'd creep it up with some two sentence creepy tales from the internet daryl blood sent us a great new theme song which we've had since episode 200 uh but we realized it's way too spooky for this show as we may talk about one horror movie every episode so you, you guys have been better um but now we're opening up with a so scary story. Russell, Russell came up to me about a half hour ago and said, hey, <laughs> there's this thing on the internet called Scary Two-Sentence no. Stories. You know, I, I think Netflix had a show that they did because it was, you know, popular on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I wrote one. <laughs> or actually, I changed one. Something is the if laughter you, of a child. Go ahead and Google. Unless it's 1 a.m. and you're home alone. That's the voice I wanted to go with. <laughs> <laughs> also, you, uh, you should make that a thing. Like, have yeah. people send you brand new two sentence horror stories and you know what? Them. Them when you pulled up. I, I, no, 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 no. We're saving them because here's the thing: <laughs> there's it's two sentences. No, no. Yeah, but you know what? It's hard to find a good pair out there in the internet. There's a lot. But Madeline, I'm glad you brought that it's up. It's summertime, peasant in season. Because I'd like to volunteer you to write the one for next week. Oh, I'm going and, to. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. So, you know, the idea here is, you know, random search engine, people look up the podcast, they're, they're greeted with that. They're not disappointed. True crime. <laughs> there you go. Now you can talk about your fruity weed drink. <laughs> it's 8% grapefruit. <laughs> With a hint of rosemary and sparkling water. It only has uh, 2% THC and 4% CBD. And every drink is 7.5 ounces. Madeline Kessner, your thoughts? <laughs> oh, um, I mean, I would, I would try it, but I don't live in somewhere where it's legal to drink it. So that's my thought. <laughs> we'll smuggle it to you. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about the weed drinks now. I, th I've got I like think I might have the it. same ones in my house currently. Oh, really? Yeah, what's the brand? Uh, C-A-N-N. -N. Yeah, I have those, too. Wait, that's Can? the oh, Should I go in? Should I drink one right now? Yeah, but it, it's written weird. The N is backwards like it's nine-inch nails. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a German band. God. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's a film festival in France or something. Cans. Yeah. Cannies. Cannies. <laughs> Also, we got in the cannies. I um, used to run a website that was called U1Can. Um, <laughs> I, just, I thought that was funny. 
<laughs> the end. Oh, I remember that website. Yeah, it was a it was a thumbs up, thumbs down system that was either the film one can or it lost can. And that was how we rated movies. Was it a was it a <laughs> blog? Yes, it was a, a blog. <laughs> I, was, I was Googling it. I was like, was it there a Zanga? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, a, a real like WordPress blog that we like designed. It was legit, but I kind of wish it was just a Zanga. <laughs> Or a, oh. or a dead journal. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, uh, can you give Madeline a creepy intro since uh, she's risen from the dead? Yeah, I'm back, bitches. Oh, God. You want me to come up? <laughs> yeah, right now, off the top of your head. Creepy Clark. No, go to the other one. What's the other one? <laughs> you had the other one pulled up. You had another. No, you can't read okay. another one. Do, do you like, she lost her marbles, but now <laughs> she is. <laughs> No, keep going. All right, redo. (laughs) She lost her marbles. Then she crawled out of the dirt. That's the keeper. (laughs) (laughs) And you're here to join us. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I got one. I got one. Okay, go ahead. She thought she had Corona, but it was a Pacifico. Wow. <laughs> oh, I've, de- I've definitely Randy, had that experience at a bar. <laughs> Randy, go. Uh he he thought he was alone, but there's a g g g g ghost. <laughs> Alright, Russ, close out this horseshit. No, no, I can't top no! that. No! You have to. You just made everyone else do it. Oh, oh. um, uh, I, I got. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna. They delivered the mannequins in bubble wrap. From the main room, I begin to hear popping. Somebody do lightning. Spread <laughs> that off the internet. So what? I kept telling you to go back to that one so I could do it. Then you stole it. You're weak. That's the bit. What is that you're weak. <laughs> You're a coward. I'm prepared and uh, terrified. That that's my adjective. Terrified, good film. Prepared. Right, where, where have you been, Madeline? It's been, oh, when's the last time you were on the show? Uh, I don't know. Uh, probably after Serenity came out, and I was oh, so man. excited. Oh. I ranted about it for like an hour straight, and like when I listened back to that episode, it sounded like I couldn't breathe through the entire <laughs> call. Like, and then Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> like that was basically it. So now, Madeline, yeah. we, we are a solid year and a half since the release of Serenity in the major motion picture house. <laughs> so uh, what yeah. have, have you found anything to fill that Serenity void in your life? Um, I mean, I just watched Serenity. <laughs> that's really, that's How many it. times have you seen it now? I've probably seen it five times. That's, that's, that's excessive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I mean, all most of the. I mean, there was some good shitty January movies, but I missed a lot of them because we were working on the film fest, and then the world turned to shit. So now it's you know you don't see movies in theaters anymore. I mean, I was really banking on Woman in the Window, but yeah. that's been because Woman in the Window was supposed to come out in I think like April of last year, and then they delayed it because the test audience didn't understand anything that happened in the movie oh i love it it is written by um 
the same writer who did Gone Girl. Gillian Flynn. Oh, Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's a ter- am I crazy or is it a Terry Letts script? Oh, Joe Wright directed this? Uh Tracy yeah. Letts. Yes, Tracy, Tracy Letts. Letts. Sorry, my bad. Um yes. yeah, so like that sounds like such a good recipe for a movie, but supposedly it's an absolute shit show. So it right, sounds made for me. Yeah. Um, Wyatt Russell in this too? And Gary yeah. Anthony yeah, Mackie. the cast Ooh, is banging. It's Amy Adams, Julianne Moore, and it's Amy Adams is an agoraphobic woman living alone in an apartment. And then Julianne Moore just like shows up one day and she's just like vivacious and beautiful. And um, she lives across the street. And then Amy Adams sees her get murdered. Oh, right. And, oh. and so it's like a twist on Rear Window, but but it's a lot more like, is this woman hysterical? Um, so <laughs> I don't know. It's the, it's, it's the recipe for my shit, uh, but it uh, has been canceled indefinitely. I don't know why they don't just dump it on VOD. It was going to bomb anyhow. It would do better on VOD. <laughs> yeah, charge yeah. $40 for people to find out it's bad. It'd be Exa- good. You know how many yeah. people pay- paid 20 bucks to see Bloodshot? I know people who oh. paid 20 bucks and turned Bloodshot off in the middle. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's how you make money off a garbage movie in a pandemic. Okay, I didn't know what Bloodshot was. I just looked it up. Um, Vin Diesel, baby. I thought about it. They should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's, you know, if you, come on, if you're paying $20 for this, you gotta be, you gotta know what you're getting into. Uh, people were thirsty at, at the start of, of you know, the lockdown when there were no theaters open. They were like, yeah, wow, we can't believe how well the hunt did. Yeah. yeah. It, it's weird because, you know, in the world of streaming, when a movie comes with a $20 price tag, it almost, uh, it demands like an attention and it's got yeah. like an authority. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't pull the trigger on that. That's too much money um, and I'm paying yeah. monthly for shit I'm not watching. I don't yeah. know. It would be one thing if I was like in a house with four people and we all wanted to watch it, then I'd be like $20 yeah. makes sense. But mm-hmm. I at, at least like when stuff was starting to get released on VOD and there were no theaters, I was alone. So why am I going to drop 20 bucks by myself? It's more than a movie ticket. Yeah. But um you just wait a couple months and now I've seen the hunt twice and I love it. But <laughs> yeah. So well, you've, you've also had the opportunity to watch movies in a public setting too, right? Only in the last few weeks did I learn that I actually love drive-ins. I thought I hated drive-ins, but it turns out I just hate seeing shitty movies with <laughs> shitty people at <laughs> shitty drive-ins. Because yeah. my only prior experience was seeing Indiana Jones and the crystal skull sitting in the backseat of a car <laughs> With like my uh, former friend's jerk off boyfriend who I hated, and it was a miserable experience. So I'm like, I hate drive-ins, uh, but it turns out I love drive-ins. <laughs> Where did you go to a drive-in? Um, there are actually three in New York City. Uh, two were set up by Rooftop Films. Um, actually, there's more than three, but there's three that I like in New York City. Rooftop Films is just like a film society that's in Brooklyn. So they have one that's right on the water in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Army Terminal. So you can get like the New York City skyline. And then they've got a, a huge screen 
and uh, like a projector that's like all the way at the back. So it's just like the super powered projector. The sound is decent. It's, you know, I, I brought a boom box with me. Um, what? But I <laughs> you brought a yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so then I wasn't having to run my the car. Yeah. <laughs> How does Which it, okay. So the thing I hated about drive-ins was always the the technology. Like you, yeah. know, you clip a little radio to an open window. It was not fun. Yeah. Now, what do they do now? Is it like Bluetooth? Do they broadcast it over a local radio thing? Or yeah, yeah, they basically just have a radio station that there's no strong signal, so that they can just overtake it, and it's like high high quality. Um, like they do the best they can. It was uh, so the movie I just saw was She Dies Tomorrow, which I told you that was what I wanted to talk about. Okay, yeah. Um, and you don't have she to talk does... about it now if you don't want to. Oh. Well, it's, no. it, I mean, it's like integral to the, the driving okay, experience. We're in. we're in it. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it was supposed to premiere at like South by Southwest. It was going to be a big festival movie directed by Amy Sumetz. Um, a very bizarre kind of existential surreal horror, uh, but very funny. I loved it. I love this movie. Um, and I was at the world premiere accidentally in the huh. front center row uh like i didn't know it was the world premiere i just saw they were selling tickets for it and they're like actually this is the first public screening we've ever had of this film so yeah and i got there early knowing new yorkers don't show up early to stuff i was the first sedan so i was right in the front of the screen (laughs) i had like made popcorn at home with white truffle oil and um and like himalayan salt and and i had a cider and i like put my feet up on the dash and i'm eating my fancy ass popcorn it was wonderful um and i had my ghetto blaster that was playing the sound (laughs) other than when it got like really bassy and kind of distorted the radio could not handle that but other than that i barely noticed um so yeah i think you just have to figure out how to make the experience immersive in your own way and then it's almost like going to the movies now i know you're driving uh did you bring any uh social lubricants with you what what, what is what do you do you mean like a dildo what are you talking about i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe he's asking about alcohol and i believe you said you brought a cider yes i was drinking a cider even okay. though it is a, it, it is illegal illegal to have. yeah i don't know why what <laughs> yes i had one hard cider with me all right we're calling the police <laughs> what we talking what we're we talking reds apple ale uh, no it was it was actually like this i got it at a at a at a winery out east. <laughs> it was Wolfers. <laughs> it's called Wolfers. I, I thought bought... I feel like you said Wolfers. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> That's what I said. Wolfer. <laughs> All right, we'll make sure to send them the bill for your bail. Okay, good. Because I'm gonna get arrested because I drank in a car in New York, which is illegal. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think of the movie? Oh, I loved it. Um, it, it's I. So it is a movie about a woman who realizes that she is going to die the next day. She's completely convinced of it. Um, She like knows it to be fact. And then as people interact with her, the something spreads about it. Um, Like, I don't want to give too much detail as it's kind of, it's a really interesting like journey going through it. It's very bizarre. 
kind of hard to figure it out and it's funny. Um, but what I've been saying about it is if in the future, and I'm like old Madeline and the pandemic has somehow ended and we're all still alive. Um, some of us are still alive at least. Uh, somebody says, Oh, old Madeline, what was it like living through a pandemic? I'll be like, if you want to know what it felt like, watch she dies tomorrow because that was the sensation. Um, <laughs> it really, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> it is a movie about anxiety and depression and how that passes to other people and what it's like sort of being isolated in that feeling. And so it, I, I don't, Randy, you saw it. Am I making any sense or do I just sound like a crazy person? No, totally makes sense. Uh, yeah, definitely had the same experience with it. Um, also saw it at a drive-in. Definitely not as cool of uh, experience drive-in wise. So I took a little road trip down to Cayucas, California this weekend. Ooh, I went to the that? beach. <laughs> and then on, well, so this drive-in is located in Los Banos, California, for anybody that knows of Los Banos from Does driving Highway 5. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> because that has an toilet. accent. <laughs> that has an accent on the end, but it's very oh. close. Just but um, punchline continue. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a good like hour, hour and a half trip to uh, from my trip home to go see this movie. But I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm already on the road. So um, yeah, Caraway. this place <laughs> is located right next to an RV park, like in a neighborhood, Ooh. and it's kind of just like in a field, and um. There's just like a bunch of shipping containers. Well, there's a couple of shipping containers where they make like concessions and the screen is actually pretty big. The projection was really nice. Uh, audio, yeah, it kind of uh, was clipping a little bit in like those bassier parts and kind of like more uh, experimental like sound wise. But uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the movie. It is definitely a, a bizarre movie, but yeah, definitely about anxiety and depression and living alone and being isolated. And uh, I, I really like Caitlin Scheel, who's been in a lot of other things. I think she was in another movie that uh, Amy Simons directed, uh, Sun Don't Shine, which I saw like years ago. Uh, I really like that too. And um, Big fan of hers. Yeah. And Jane Addams is in this. And I think she has like some really, really good scenes. Um, yeah, yeah, those definitely. are my two like standouts. For our listeners, Caitlin Scheel played... Um, the lady in VHS that killed Joe Swanberg. <laughs> and she's also in a uh, Kate plays Christine, which is really good. Yes. And she's in your next and the sacrament. And yeah, she's, she's in, in a lot. She's in the comedy. Oh, with I, I love oh, yeah. comedy. I yeah. love the comedy. Damn. And Madeline, do you watch any of Tim Heidecker's stuff on YouTube? He does that like live podcast. What's it called? Office hours. Live. Yeah. No, I haven't seen any of Office Hours. I did watch a lot of on cinema though. Um, did you watch I have, the trial? I, I did. I saw. I saw like the highlights of the trial. I didn't watch, you know, a lot of it because I it watched was, like three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think that's anywhere near all of it. <laughs> it's close to. I think it's like eight or nine. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I can't do it. I. It's too much. I, yeah. No, I, I, I'm the reverse. I can't watch a clip show. I always feel like I part of the, part of the artistry is the struggle to like live in it. Like yeah. I love a static camera. I love nothing going on. 
And uh, I mean, I, I can't I haven't watched any of the trial because I've watched four seasons of cinema on cinema. I think I stopped at one of the Oscar episodes because I have to watch it. Where, yeah. where Greg was dressed as Cesar Romero. That one? Maybe. I don't know. What? Well, what? Because they, they were talking about the Joker, but he dressed up as oh, the Cesar Romero Joker. That was the last one I watched. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I got to watch them all. You got to watch the movie. Actually, no, no. Here's a good segue. Um, long form YouTube or just internet videos are kind of like my jam. And, uh, you know, a good example of that is uh, King Cobra, who recently will not fucking stop uploading. Dude, I'll be at work. I'll get three different notifications that he's live streaming. All of them will be an hour and a half. I am like 15 <laughs> videos behind. And, <laughs> and the, the problem is, it's, you're not guaranteed anything with him. Yeah. So you could watch three hours and, you know, maybe there's like a minute in there that was actually worth your time. But I, I can't do it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to use that to segue because I did y'all a favor. And because I watch it for so many hours, I'm going to pull a clip every week because Randy loved that last one. My, uh, you know, Cobra reads his letter, letter from Donald Trump. Look at what you said. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, so we, got a, we got another celebrity interaction that I, I had to grace y'all with. Here, let me, let me turn this up. All right, here we go. Cardi B. I put a curse on you. Your dark powers are not as powerful as mine. So Moti be in the wishes circle. You effed up, Cardi B. Now you're getting blocked from my channel. <laughs> <laughs> so Cardi B was fucking around. She was talking shit. And, uh, to Gothic King Cobra? To, to King Cobra, and she was, you know, saying that she had more powerful magic. So he had to lay the fucking smack down. Now, I'm joking. You know, of course, we know it wasn't really Cardi B, but so did King Cobra. And here's a clip from later on that episode. That's not even the real Cardi B, dude. That's just someone impersonating a celebrity, dude. I'm not stupid. But thank you, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so Donald Trump returned to uh, shed some light on the situation. Oh, my God. So, there, you know, I mined for about 15 hours and I got that for y'all. Oh, man. There's, there's my Cobra God. clip of the week. A life well chosen for Russell. <laughs> <laughs> my concern with the lightning is I don't know. I hope it works. Oh, it, if it doesn't, it does. You know, because recording remotely, sometimes we'll lose things if it. Oh, I know. So, yeah, yeah, whatever. So it, it I don't listen to the like... show. I don't know. Well, we can hear it just fine. Yeah, but, but it, you know. yeah. No, uh, you know. Um, Zencaster is a beautiful thing that Randy found. It makes it very easy to talk to people, and I think it makes it a lot easier for Randy to get the episode out and the quality good. The problem is when all four of us, or like two people, are going from different areas, it turns into like digital garbage. It just goes like... It's like that on uh, <laughs> Zoom or Skype or anything, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, but to go back to the movie... Um, I, you two are burying the lead as far as I'm concerned. What, was she dies? Yeah. Uh, with What's Amy the lead? Simons, uh, the lead is oh, yeah. that uh, her former lover is a psychopath and she had to file a restraining order against Shankaroo. See, yep. I was kind of hoping that maybe it wouldn't come up. 
of that like we didn't have to to put the shadow of Shane Carruth coming out as an abuser over her movie but and, we kind of have to because it happened and any excuse I can to say Shane Carruth sucks yeah and he's been spiraling on Twitter for the last like two weeks Randy and I have been spent sending screenshots of his tweets back and forth <laughs> because, oh my God, he is losing it. Yep. Right, yeah. Yeah. For primer two. Well, you got any of those ready? I want to hear it. Uh, I, I mean, it at all. Randy, you I mean, said I, you wanted, I it, it just seemed like non sequitur nonsense. Uh, I mean, I, I sent you two that I, I thought, I don't know, would, would work, but um, I don't know. He's just like very much pointing at the fact that he uh, has a restraining order against him and he's like kind of making light of it, but kind of not at the same time. I don't know. It's, it's very strange. There's one where it's like a screenshot of an internet ad for, for like finding your personal data online. Um, and he's like, I've been on hold with them for 45 minutes. I just want to be a cool guy or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely him being really abstract about, you know, the fact that his image has been severely damaged. And like, you know, people are like, send a picture, like show us a picture of your dog. And he's like, I can't bring Daisy into this. She's the only person who doesn't know I'm a strangler. Um, so it's him kind of acknowledging it, but making really bad jokes about it and it makes him look like more of an asshole and it makes it look like he's losing his shit so yeah yeah it's really the dawn of uh the death of the celebrity in a way (laughs) i mean with johnny depp and amber heard like have you followed that trial at all i have followed that i have followed that trial more than i followed the the uh (laughs) the Tim Heidecker trial and read all the transcripts so I could find little, little, you know, um, diamonds like uh, Johnny Depp calls Amber Heard, Amber Turd in a text message. (laughs) Oh my God. It's wonderful. Like what a, I mean, they are dysfunctional for sure. And I think they're both at fault and uh, I I don't know, but that's been entertaining to me. Yeah, uh, another one of my favorites is um, I'm sure you heard about Will Smith and uh, Jada. Yeah, and and Jada, her you know either cheating or being poly, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. to put Shane Carruth on the level of any of those people is oh no no. It's like I mean Shane Carruth has made two movies, and it has always baffled me that he was not able to make a third film, and said it was because of funding. This was like the missing puzzle piece. He's yep. an asshole. He sucks. That's the reason he hasn't been able to make another movie. Because he's a bad person. Um, so in a way, it's kind of like, oh, this this tracks. This explains it. I and, sure. and don't get me wrong, I actually love Primer and Upstream Color, and I, I will continue to love those movies. It just makes sense now. Um yeah, that's that's my take. <laughs> yeah, my, I feel my that, hot I... take. <laughs> I love those movies too. I have a upstream color poster in my room. <laughs> now it feels yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, especially considering, isn't it the two of them like hugging in a coffin? Uh, yeah, it's in like a bathtub. Oh yeah, it's a bathtub. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's even more like. <laughs> I hope all this uh, Shane Kruth drama doesn't hurt the uh, the film The Wanting Mare, which played Chattanooga Film Fest, because yeah. he's like an executive producer on it. 
or a producer of sorts. Well, it sounds like the only color that's upstream for Shane Carruth is orange, because he's going to jail. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't have it ready. <laughs> Fucking boom. <laughs> yeah, that needed a little lightning. <laughs> uh, well, you know, once we get a camera in here, you can see Clark dramatically point at the monitor as a cue for me to hit the lightning. <laughs> All right. But yeah, anyhow, just to to then take it back to, you know, what I would rather focus on, She Dies Tomorrow. Yeah. I recommend She Dies Tomorrow to anyone or who who is depressed and makes jokes about dying and <laughs> laugh, like laughs about it but like means it a little bit. You are the audience for this movie. I did so, think me and after, Randy. After you said that to me uh in a text before I saw it, I did yeah. expect the movie to be a little more funny on the surface, but it, uh, it's, no, it's not it's funny very, on the surface. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's very dedicated to like the tone that it takes and you could definitely find comedy in it, but it's not like apparent. It is. Um, it's like you're laughing at non jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it, it's, it's absurd to just think about the fact that like, well, the only thing we know for sure is we're going to die. And, and that is inherently funny to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my yearbook quote. <laughs> Wait, say it again. The only thing we can be sure of is that we're going to die, and that is inherently funny to me. At what point do we jump the shark with the light? No, you can't. <laughs> Matt the is gold. across the Matt's across the room, so I'm I'm living with my my partner now, and he is uh, grinning at me because he listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, so Madeline, did you listen to the episode we put up last week? Uh, no, I think I'm one behind. Oh my god! Well, you need to weigh in. Because we have a hot dog controversy going on. And, Excuse uh, me? <laughs> we covered hot dogs because Clark is very excited to open up with a hot dog chat. Okay, and, um, uh, I got opinions on hot dogs. Cool. The three friends also did an episode where they talked about fucking hot dogs for like 40 minutes. Yeah. So and, a lot uh, of hot dog talk. Dude. <laughs> uh, what, did, what were they referring to Mickey as? Mickey hot dog or something? <laughs> I also have to add, there's a hot dog in our fridge right now, and Matt heard me say hot dog, leapt out of his chair, and <laughs> ran to the fridge. And did what? Protected the hot dog? No, he's eating it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> marketing there. I'm yeah, well. look at that. Yeah, Randy started a Twitter war about a hot dog. Uh, <laughs> care about this kind of thing? Go on Twitter. Um, I actually did the thing from last week where I put up uh, a, a page on the Overlook Theater blog, and it's got all the links from last week. I'll probably do it again. Um, I, I, don't, I got nothing else for up top. Uh, did you want to jump into the Eddie, Randy? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, besides uh, She Dies Tomorrow, I haven't been watching a whole lot of movies besides uh, Lars von Trier's Manderley. Ooh. Which I watched in the middle of the week this week. My man. Larry Trier. Have you seen that before? I hadn't, no. And I, it's the, uh, 
uh, the sequel, I guess you would say, to Dogville. Oh. So it's shot very much uh, the same way, super minimalist, uh, just like soundstage design with, with chalk outlines. And uh, Bryce Dallas Howard plays Nicole Kidman's character. So that was confusing for a second, but yeah. Um, no, it's uh, it, it's good. I don't know if I like it as much as Dogville, which might be weird because I think Dogville is more punishing. So I guess I like punishment. Yeah, I mean, look, man, if you like Lars von Trier, you have to like punishment on some <laughs> some level. This uh, is true. I mean, but uh, it, yeah, besides that, I've been watching a Netflix series called The Eddie which is uh, a French-American TV show that Damien Chazelle directed the first two episodes. A lot of people are kind of saying that it's like Damien Chazelle's show, but it's written by Jack Thorne, and the music is by Glenn Ballard and uh, Randy Kerber. Um, Yeah, and it's a show that takes place kind of like the outskirts of Paris, so you're not getting any... uh, you know, Champs-Élysées or uh, Eiffel Tower shots. It's kind of like a more uh, suburban area of Paris. And it takes place in this jazz club that's run by Andre Holland from Moonlight, who is very, very good in this show. Um, Yeah, and it's kind of just about the struggles that he has um, as a band leader of this club. He has a partner uh, that is kind of like more of like the business guy. Um, that he works with, and at the end of the first episode, something happens that uh, really changes the dynamic of the show. Um, there's a lot, a lot of music in it. Um, the first two episodes, which Damien Chazelle directed, are a little so th- it's more uh, grounded than like anything he's done since his first movie, not Whiplash, but a uh, guy and Madeline on a park bench. Um, but it's still very like the camera is still very like hyperactive. Um, and then the show kind of slows down a little bit afterwards in like episode three. I think I'm on episode six now. Uh, I think there's eight, but uh, it's a really good show. Just, um, yeah, the music in it is really good. And it seems that it's all shot live and recorded live, um, which is a big plus for me because I hate watching music movies or TV shows where it, like the music doesn't make sense to what they're actually playing. Um, yeah, so a lot of uh, good jazz music and kind of just um, each episode uh, kind of delves into like each character um, in this band and in this club. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it's really good so far. What, what turned you on to it? Because uh, I heard that it was Damien Chazelle's show, sort of. Um, and I, I don't love La La Land. I like Whiplash, even though it's very much just like a drumming thriller. And not really super realistic, you know, but uh, yeah. I, I like that movie. So I'll give, uh, you know, things that he does a chance. And uh, yeah, I it the first two episodes, like I said, are probably not the best episodes of the show. Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I stuck with it and I'm I'm glad to uh, watch the rest of it. So who is Eddie? Uh, that's the name of the jazz club. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Randy, you know what I forgot to talk about? Um, you turning into the live stream we did. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, too. 
Yeah, oh, I was it. going to, but then I think I'd I never had any plans. It was <laughs> very late on the East Coast, so. Oh, I I know, and um, Madeline, you would have loved it because this uh, episode two of Isolation, where uh, we're partnering up with uh, barely functional gamers, was a shit show. <laughs> well, it's Twitch, right? So yeah, it's if Twitch. it's on Twitch, that means it's archived, and I can go and watch it. Yeah. Also, um, I'm. <sighs> Chris is doing an edited down version. So every Thursday, like when the episode goes up that night, we are, we're planning to do a weekly stream. It's three hours long. It starts 8 PM our coast. So PST time. So on the East coast, what it's 11 a or what? Yeah. No, 11, 11, yeah, PM. It's 11 at night. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking late. I get it. Um, yeah, we had Terrell on and, uh, I've been trying to get this fool to start doing a Blu-ray Tuesday show. Like, like legitimately for probably two months now. And he's kind of, he's just camera shy. So it was like, well, let's just throw him onto the show. Uh, we drink on it. So I thought that would be even easier for him. And uh, of course, we, we were waiting around for him at 8.05. And uh, they do, you know, a waiting room on Twitch. First motherfucker in there's Randy. And he said, <laughs> oh, who would have thought Russell's taking part in something that's running late. <laughs> Like, thank Randy. I love you. Also, people were blown away that you were hanging out, and I'm like, well, yeah, you didn't have to go anywhere. Just yeah, have a window open. But that motherfucker prompt. Yeah. I had oh, like, I know, I had like TV on in the background, and I had a uh, Twitch like on my computer. Dude, it. A, a buddy of mine uh, has been streaming on Twitch lately too, so it's it's not my first Twitch venture, but no, it was a, uh, it was it was fun. I liked the uh, Terrell playing. And getting the shit scared out of him. <laughs> it took a good like forty-five minutes, but that that was definitely the best game that was played that Wait, night. And uh, it it was what entertaining. Game was it? He played a Plague's Tale. Oh, oh, okay. That's the. It, it's like you running around. There's rats everywhere. It's it's I'm, like a medieval <laughs> survival horror. Round and round. I've wa- I've watched some of that. Um, so, I, I have a lot of friends who do video game streaming, although none of it is like in the horror direction. And I've been thinking that I should start like streaming indie horror games. Um, yeah, I was talking to you about it. Well, I mean, I play a lot of over, them. Yeah, when it's over, uh, we'll definitely have you down here. I mean, so the I've got like eight banked flights right now because I had eight flights booked and I had to cancel <laughs> all of them. So oh, rad. Yeah, and yeah, they give out credit, right? Yeah, I, I just I have all these credits and I need to fly places as soon as I can. So, yeah, um, yeah, Terrell's terrified of rats. Like, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, in like a legitimate way. Yeah. One time, I mean, here I think I've told this story on here before, but we were at a Target and we were going to get Blu-rays, and uh, we were walking by an aisle that had a bin of uh, plushies, and he picked one up. He's like, "Ooh, the new Pokemon!" And then he looked at it like he held it with two hands right in front of his face and locked eyes with this plushie and he went oh it's a rat and then he threw it and ran down the aisle and <laughs> i'm like are you are you joking and he's it was pikachu pikachu it still would have been a mouse so there, there's a weird mental thing going on anyway uh yeah he freaked out and then he was so legitimately shook after that gameplay that uh he did what we all do and he nursed it with alcohol and, <laughs> And he spun out. Madeline, I will tell you. Um, so, Terrell, you know, he, we're all big drag queen fans here. 
Mm-hmm. He, he's been talking a lot to Mystique Summers. And uh, she came in the chat and is just, oh my God. she was just ripping on him in there. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, fuck you, shady bitch. So y- if you go on Twitch and you look at the theater mode, you can watch it with the chat rolling. And you can see Randy in there. I think Sam popped up, popped up um, Chuggy, who survived the mall shootings in there. It, it was God. fun. I'm not going to plug that anymore. <laughs> but now when, whenever these episodes go up that night, you can, uh, you can watch. It's amazing. Right, yeah. You survived that shooting. Yeah, it I'm gonna put some effort into shooting into this. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Okay, back to the back to the Eddie. Oh, actually, I guess we're transitioning. They're, no, they're barely functional. Right? Is that what they're called? What's their their handle? They're barely functional gamers. Okay, all right. I just yeah. wanted to make sure I had it so I can. Oh, I can watch. <laughs> other than Thursday. They're streaming like space engineers, which may be the equivalent to Tim Heidecker in a fake courtroom sitting down. <laughs> it is uh it is paint drying on the wall. So Thursday's really <laughs> Dude, well, do you know space engineers, Madeline? I do. I I've seen friends of mine play space engineers, yeah. How how thrilling was it? Isn't it it's isn't it incredibly boring? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I've okay. made about a hundred laps on my racing simulator this morning, so I get it. Hell but yeah. you do it nude. That's entertaining. It's more aerodynamic. <laughs> Didn't you get an F1 game recently, or is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Randy, uh, let's go ahead and break this. Um, as a part of this new racing game, uh, F120, um, you can create your own team where you are the driver slash owner. So... Uh, the Overlook Hour Racing Team. Uh, we won our first race last week. Congratulations. <laughs> nice. No one gave us a shot, but when you put down, <laughs> but when you put down the uh, the rest of the driver simulation to a twenty out of a hundred, <laughs> a lot of things. Now, how many laps did you have to drive? Um, on that track, I think it was seventeen thousand. No, oh. what? <laughs> That's the game, right? You no, go, each, you go in a circle for a long time. Each lap of that, I think, was about a minute thirty-nine per lap. Oh, fuck! Really? Yeah, and that's twenty-five percent. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they typically God. go anywhere from fifty to seventy, eighty. Madeline, can we get you streaming one of these games? Yeah, let's do whatever you want. <laughs> <I don't care>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, what else you got? That's it. Just the one show. Yeah. I mean, each episode's like an hour long, so I've I've watched oh, a good God. five hours of that. Yeah, that really changed things there. It's true. And that's the thing, man. TV, it, it can, I love it, but boy, it takes, it gives and it takes, it gives and it takes. It <laughs> takes all your time, but it gives you so much joy. Uh, yeah. Russell, what, I'm going to get you down to the glories of television. I'm going to get I'm you watching to understand. A show. I'm watching a show. Television's my first love. I will. Oh, I, I have another show I watched, which oh, I think boy. Russell watches or watched. Oh, I is... watched Alone season six on Netflix. Oh, my boy. I watch Alone. Yeah, it was good. Well, I did. Yeah, I like Alone. It is. Um, I like watching those people do horrible things. <laughs> in the Absolutely. Woods. <laughs> yeah. Where it's were you a... 20 episodes ago when I was covering Alone? I know. I don't know. I was alone. I was probably alone. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Since I am alone in watching alone and not watching alone. There you go. There it is. Um, is there, are there people there that just get uh, terribly sick? 
Yeah, and then they have to yeah. take him out. There was one time they this guy was doing amazingly well, but he was malnourished, and they basically just took him out of the competition. What did um, the DMs look like? Uh, they talk about it on there. There was one yeah. guy who was eating. He was literally surviving off of a tree bark, yeah. an edible tree bark, and it clogged him up in a way that he was. He was like, yeah, I would I, imagine. So. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, no, dude, I think you'd enjoy it. They talk about BMs a lot on there. There's <laughs> All right, I'm just love it. <laughs> No, but um, so the show, like all reality shows do, um, the culture, the at-home culture can influence the show. And a lot of the contestants were fans of the show. Yeah. And they, they learned after season five, they're like, it's just a weight gain. All you have to do is show up fat and just make it. Just, Live off. Just grit your teeth and yeah. do it. Uh, so unless they changed it. Unless you're like that guy who went on Rogan and killed a fucking moose. Well, he's, he's also part of the reason why the show got broken. Because he just shut it down. He could have lived out there forever. Yeah. yeah. I was in a forum where people were complaining that uh, the show did him dirty because they didn't they they actually didn't talk about how much food he had. He was like, dude, I started catching fish a bunch. So he had a bunch. Oh, I've seen this season. Th- yeah, that was the one where they're didn't like, he, didn't he lose a bunch of his food, too? Yeah. Wolverine stole his fat. Yeah. Yeah. And then he killed a Wolverine. Yeah, did you? Oh, wait. Okay. So he was on Rogan, and there yeah. was a great episode where he's talking about living in the Himalayas. And he was actually Sp- with the- Spotify employee, Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, but anyway, Randy, I forgot. I wanted to bring up how your boy Post Malone was on Rogan. And I've had <laughs> eight different conversations with people all about how we could not make it through that fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't either. I was shocked to hear you couldn't do it. It's way too long, and it's very, uh, it's very scattered. Yeah, it's garbage. like my hash browns at Waffle House. Now, I, I while playing D and D yesterday, I was talking to Kaja, former guest on episode two, current friend, current friend, and he <laughs> brought up how Post Malone talked about Goodnight Mommy. Really? Yeah, he was like, yeah, he brought up that Goodnight shit was Mommy. Was hella dope. No, I, you know, he quoted him, and he was just like, uh, dude. They're like these two kids and like they're talking German and then <laughs> their mom's there. And then Kaja was like, man, I like his movie, but he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Now, so fuck that dude. Yeah, but I like uh, I like his Bud Light commercials. I love that Nirvana cover stream. Oh, yeah. I watched dude, it it's good. Times, yeah. good. He is just hard to look at. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so we want to go ahead and get the bad one out of the way, or do we want to, y'all want, y'all want the bad, get the bad out of the way, or you want the surprise? Uh, What's the bad? Let's get the bad. Back to the Twitter conversation with (gasps) our friends at, uh, Three Friends. Uh, there was a tweet Mickey, uh, gave after our last episode went up, said, I am so happy that Clark loved Fright Night. There is no way he's going to enjoy the Lost Boys. (laughs) Mickey is correct, sir. (laughs) Guys, it, look, it's just, as Madeline said before we started recording, it's, you said uh, Fright Night is I said good. Fright Night is great, and Lost Boys is 80s. It's from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There we All go. right. <laughs> you, if you can't do it, don't do it. You need a proper soundboard. You fucking fits it going back and forth. You got epilepsy of your trigger finger. Stop it. Okay. 
promise. Lost Boys is trash. And that's <laughs> no, I, look, come on, give me a little. All right, first of all, do you still believe the movie? The God, <laughs> it's just so very Joel Schumacher in that regard too. Of oh. the first big music scene we see is that shirtless guy oh, in the S and M or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I just I can't do it. And plus, it's filmed in Santa Cruz, and yep. I fucking hate Santa Cruz. <laughs> it's 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 like the same area that yes. uh, us us was shot, yeah. <laughs> like that beach. <laughs> yeah, and you know, us was doing a winky like you'll get it if you like horror movies thing. That that dialogue yeah. has never worked for me. Uh-huh. So I kind of cringed when they showed up there. I think they literally like oh, they're shooting a movie here today, right? Yeah. Look, I I can understand why this movie, you know, would hold a special place in, you know, certain people's hearts for the time that it came out and what it represented and all that stuff. But a lot of those guys were like young hunks, weren't they? So if you're like not attracted to them, then I don't get it. And like, yeah. (laughs) But of course the character goes like, did I don't think uh, Alex Winter said a single word. As Marco or no, whatever. No. And then, dude, like Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland's <laughs> character, there's nothing there. They're just like, look, we're cool emo vampires on motorcycles. Come They're with not us emo. Eat, no. Come, come with us and eat Chinese food that no. turns into worms. Dark and brooding <laughs> is different than no. emo. Lame and also, stupid. I will tell you, now that you've seen it, you will get like a hundred jokes from what we do in the shadows. Because you know the you're eating worms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maggots, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Or what Michael, about? You're so, one of us, Michael. Alex Winter. The way Michael. that he the way that he's hanging is re- reflected in the movie too. Yeah, one of the vampires seen that. Yeah, there's so there's a lot. It's a really important vampire film. As a child, I also really hated it. And the thing that bothered me was when they're sitting at the dinner table and they've poisoned the vampire's food with garlic and it does nothing. Yeah. And he's like, well, I was invited in. So all the rules are out the window. As it infuriated me as a kid. I'm like, this is why I fucking hate vampires. Y'all are making up rules. Nobody sticks to them. They're different in every movie. So I'm there with you. I, I grew to love the film, though. It, it's beautifully shot. And the Frog Brothers are just a shameful thing that I will love forever. And the, okay. Yeah. It, I mean, there's a comic book store. I, it, there's a lot of nostalgia there. For sure. Me. Yeah. No, Corey Haim was great. He was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. And you know, when I first met Coop again, yeah. our third chair, we've, I've done a good job of not bringing him up for like 20 episodes. No, that's incorrect. <laughs> continue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he, he did this really lame thing where he was wearing a Santa Clara, Carla sweater mm-hmm. and i was like oh lost boys he's like dude you get it <laughs> and i was like yeah and it was one of those like oh you're initiated murder like, we're capital cool. of the world <sighs> yeah so it's kind of embarrassing i'm glad you watched it i wish i was there though i would have liked to volley stuff off of you like during that that concert scene there are two guys in the audience that hold each other's shoulders and headbang do you remember that no they're like holding well i know i know you're on your phone a lot during movies but yeah that moment, I, I would have been uh... REM cycle sleep in some of this. <laughs> All right. Death by Stereo. Move on. We'll never talk about it again. All right. But Death by Stereo, good band. <laughs> but if you have any more vampire suggestions, I'm taking them. You know, let, let's ride this thing. So, wh- so what should be my next uh, vampire movie? 
Uh, let's throw that to Madeline. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, Abel Ferrara is the addiction. All right. Clark will hate it. Russell, have you seen this? I like Abel Ferrara. The addiction? I don't think so. You guys should watch it together. I think that my guess is, is Clark might like it, but might find it a little eye rolly. Russell, I think, will love this movie. Yeah. Right. I almost saw this years ago. My, uh, friend told me to watch this like yeah i've been um (laughs) i saw i saw bliss like maybe a month or so ago yeah and got really interested in uh how like drugs are represented in horror films and that was like the i mean can i talk about bliss being a vampire movie yeah can you please i mean clark ruined it the day it came out so (laughs) you're like i hate these vampire movies it's not Build as one. I didn't know anything. No, it is not. I had no idea. Vampire movie. Thank you very much, Russell. 100%. Let's go a little bit back in time where I'm watching the movie and Clark walks into the last minute and I'm like, dude, this film's good. You should watch it. He's like, nah, I don't fuck with vampires. And then he left the room. That's not true at all. (laughs) You're the one who told me about vampires. All right, Madeline, go ahead. Anyhow, (laughs) so I was watching Bliss and I. I haven't really been fully sold on a Joe Bagos movie before. Like, I just, I get what he's doing, but it's just like, not for me. This was the first time I was watching one of his films. I'm like, holy shit, this is for me. I love this movie. Shot on 16 millimeter. And it's referencing all these like 80s kind of drug movies. Um, Like it's got a lot of like brain damage and like altered states going on. And so it was like really speaking to me. And then it shifted into a vampire movie, but it didn't change how it was treating drugs. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, Just the way that drugs are represented in horror films, why that connects with me and how come and how vampirism can be treated like a drug, like blood becomes a drug for a vampire in in film. And so I started watching stuff that might tie into that because I've been writing an essay about it. And so that was why I watched The Addiction. It doesn't really meet my thesis there. But it's really good, um, yeah. and I, and it's very grim, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I loved Bliss. I think that was my my pick for that year, which yeah. was kind Bliss, of like a last Bliss minute. Bliss was thing. fantastic. Uh huh. You know, for me, it's uh, like heavy metal horror movies. Like that's mm-hmm. a thing that gets thrown around a lot, and it the ones it, that get called heavy metal horror movies normally are like presenting as heavy metal, but at heart are just people who thought it would be fun to do heavy metal the real heavy metal horror movies don't have anything to do with heavy metal yeah no it's attitude and i Mm -hmm. thought i thought bliss nailed it i'm like this movie feels like authentically gritty it's not really glorifying anything it's It's kind of very like uh i mean it's funny because it's in los angeles but it felt sort of like east coast uh like underground new york punk scene in a lot of ways um yeah no, I'm I'm glad you liked it. I um fuck drug movies. There was another one. So you're you're working on an essay. You're gonna hopefully that's gonna be video, right? Yeah, I'm I'm where I've I wanted to write a, a video essay specifically for YouTube because I've gotten into watching them a lot in um during the lockdown and I was like, I could do this and this might be a really good creative outlet for me because the way I write normally is uh, a little too personal and I get a little weird and so i'm like doing this with visuals attached might 
be a great way for me to communicate some like ideas that I've been thinking about. So the first one I've been working That's on what is about it with a slideshow. <laughs> yeah, actually. And he's, <laughs> he's my number one inspiration. <laughs> now, if you're going to do horror drug culture, horror yeah. movies and the themes of drugs and how they're mm -hmm. implemented, you know, you, we disagree on the film, but you got to cover my favorite one. Which one? Toad Road. I actually was going to rewatch Toad Road for this. Um, so Toad Road was on my list. I hate Toad Road. <laughs> I know you do. I love it. I love that. I, I hate Toad Road. And one time I was really drunk and flirting with a guy at a bar at a Tribeca Film Festival after party. And he asked me if I had seen Toad Road and I was like, I fucking hate Toad Road. And he was like, I'm the director, Jason Baker. <laughs> and then he wanted to talk to me more because I was the first person who had really said it straight to his face. Um, uh, but I love his second movie. Um, shit. What's it called? Felt. The, yeah. Felt the woman, the artist um, Frog was like slug. dealing dealing with like sexual uh you know uh, assault trauma it, it felt rules felt um really spoke to me while i thought toad road was bullshit uh, but i'm gonna rewatch it for this uh as i need to do my research um yeah. i mean i've watched some garbage movies <laughs> god i i was I, it wasn't called the evil within because the evil within is another movie but it was like the evil inside us and it was a a, a movie where they did drugs and then it was like bath salts. They like went feral and like start killing each other. And there's a point at which a guy yells, I only did one drug. Drugs can't do this. And I'm like, fuck oh. you. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just an anti-drug PSA horror movie. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to get real broad with it. Uh, so I, I will revisit Toad Road for my, my drug uh, horror subgenre essay. Yeah, I, I tried to look up that movie you were talking about. There's two. If you put the evil inside, there are like a hundred movies with yeah. variations of that. So I feel like they're just hoping people will accidentally rent it because they think it's something else. Yeah. That yeah. movie was bad. That asylum business model. <laughs> yeah. Paranormal <laughs> entity. All right. All right. You got another one? Yeah. My one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh no, which I'm about to talk about. Yeah, this week it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I look. I powered through uh, a movie that look. I I went in with preconceived notions anyway. Yeah. I don't think we occupy a universe where I was gonna like Lost Boys. Uh -huh. I mean, look, the, the practical effects I enjoyed, but uh, overall, it's just you know not for me. But uh, the movie that we're all gonna talk about towards the end uh, is up there for me as well as this movie. That I saw the trailer, uh, and the title alone sets sets this movie on a. This is one of the more interesting movies I've seen in recent memory, and it's fighting an uphill battle because of its title and because because of its premise. But they treat this so seriously, where yes, this is listed as a comedy, but they don't do anything for laughs. They treat this like a serious police procedural uh -oh. drama. Uh-oh. And what I is loved this? it. I will read you the synopsis. All right. Detective Fox loves work and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. After going to AA, his sponsor, Chip, 
becomes the main suspect in his investigation of a missing kid. Fox also starts to believe that people are disappearing up Chip's butt. What? Oh, this is Butt Boy. This is Butt Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Butt Boy? No. No, I have not. And I I want to. Um, I've heard great things about it. Love Butt Boy. (laughs) Guys, it opens up. This movie is depressing as shit. (laughs) I mean, the treat. No pun intended. Yes, thank you. The treatment of this, as I said, is very serious, and it's not paid for, played for laughs. Uh, Tyler Cornick is the writer-director. He is also the lead character. He is sad the entire movie. <laughs> and his character, what, essentially what happens is that he lives a vapid existence like us all, especially during <laughs> this time of quarantine. He goes into his same nine to five job that he hates. It opens up with like a corporate um, team building exercise where the uh, the very annoying boss is like, OK, clap me in. Oh. My name is Gary and I'm here to say that. Yes. So <laughs> the, it, the camera pans across all the employees and they're all very enthusiastic. And then we go to Chip, who has just has a very uh, depressed look on his face. As the weight of everything you feel immediately in this. And he goes home to a loveless marriage for a kid that, you know, this this little baby that he doesn't care about. Nothing in Chip's <laughs> life is going great. He goes into the doctor to get a prostate exam. The doctor sticks their fingers up his ass, and then this discovers a new fetish for Chip. Uh, Randy, you talked about Swallow, where this uh, lady <laughs> compulsively swallows things. Yeah. I love that movie. There's a, uh, this is for your butt. <laughs> uh, Swallow Chip for the ju- butt. Yes. Every, every Chip was just shoving everything into his butt. But again, it's not comedic. Uh, the treatment of how they do this and the music is also very tense. You're, you are watching a very tense scene of a man just shoving things up his butt for sexual <laughs> pleasure. And then he upgrades to children. <laughs> Oh, what? Okay. (laughs) And then human beings. And then there are parts of this movie that take place inside of Chip's bowels that are used as like hell. You're not ruining anything now, are you? I'm just telling you the movie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Boy's incredible. All right. And uh, I kind of want to watch it now. Yeah. I'm going to watch that like immediately. You've sold me on it 100%. So is it a... Um, comedy or is it like bleak drama look i'm not i mean there's some funny in here uh but again the treatment of this is very serious all right tyler cornick mccarthy over here you want to um (laughs) hear something about butt boy my friend did pr for the vod release of it and there was a point at which some like mra like all right people were tweeting about about it it with like a real like if a man touches a butt he's gay like attitude <laughs> um talking about how like it was a bad movie that should be banned and she was like really nervous that there was gonna be a whole alt-right um Whatever, like anger yeah. about it it didn't happen but i just thought that was funny <laughs> shit like that only happens on the internet That's where yeah. all the, the fun people live like me and clark but boy all right, so two thumbs up the butt. Oh, nice. Yes. That and then to the right. 
You got anything else? Uh, no, other than the the one we all saw. Uh, Madeline, you got anything? Uh, anything else you've seen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been watching. I di- I thought that I didn't like anime. Um, Boo. and then I, what a lie. I, I found out that I love anime. Uh, and so I've been watching a shit ton of anime. That's really what I've been doing. I've been watching anime. I've been playing visual novels, and I've been reading manga. <laughs> so I have. I am like full otaku now. Like it is weird. <laughs> You're living your best tween life. I really am. That's all I want is hentai visual novels, uh, horror themed hentai visual novels, uh, <laughs> genitals. I'm I'm on the second game of the Corpse Party series, uh, which is they have five games. It's Corpse Party, the original, then Corpse Party, Book of Shadows, Corpse Party, Blood Covered, Corpse Party, Sachiko's Hysterical Birthday Bash, and then Corpse Party 2. Um, so I'm on <laughs> the second game, Book of Shadows, which is just a visual novel style retelling of the first game, which includes scenes that happened between the scenes. And it is terrible, and I hate it. Um, but I, I want to play all five of them, so I must power through. Uh, but yeah, Corpse Party is about a group of high schoolers who stay late at school one day to clean up for a, a festival or something, like a, a school festival. And then one of them is like, hey, let's do a, a little a ritual where we have a paper charm and we all rip it apart and that will make, make us be friends for forever. And they fuck up the ritual and wind up transported to a haunted elementary school called Heavenly Host, which exists on another plane of reality and is full of ghost children who are missing like their heads and their tongues and if the ghost <laughs> child touches you you die and then there's Sachiko who's a little girl ghost and she's the big ghost and then there's a big man ghost and he follows Sachiko and then there's a psychic named uh, Nano or something I don't remember and she died but she's there It's it, and, and you get teleported between different uh, like planes of existence in in it's like it got time travel in it this game makes no fucking sense and they could i don't think they ever came up with a secondary story so they just keep retelling the same story about the same five kids over and over it's great i can't stop myself so that's what i've been doing are you gonna live stream that are we talking a phone game or is it computer no, it's it's a computer game. I think maybe after I finish the horrible Book of Shadows, uh, I could start streaming it. Um, once I hit, uh, I'll, I'll live stream Sachiko's hysterical birthday bash. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I just moved to a new apartment, and I actually have an office, so I was gonna set it up so I could actually do like video game streaming, um, with a camera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, my name on Twitch is DVD Box Set, just like on <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else. I've got great name continuity. So you got to stay true to the brand, Marbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> the brand of DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I backed that horse. I, I got stuck with about six hundred of them back in Mississippi. Yeah, I've got three hundred that I keep lugging around when I move every year. So, all right. All right, Mr. Fisher. Um, okay. Unlike Randy, for the first time, I ended up watching a bunch of movies. 
I'm going to briefly talk about three of them. <laughs> and I mean it. Including the one we so, are going to talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, ooh. yeah, this will be quick. So I watched Kroll for the first time ever. Oh. Have, have any of you seen it? Hell no. Okay, I didn't think so. Kroll is fucking bizarre. You mean like like Nick Kroll? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Kroll from 1983 is Tron, directed Tron. by Peter Yates. Yeah. It's a fantasy film that everybody's familiar with. At least I know the cover, it. but I have no idea what it's about or anything. Just the um, cover. Well, it's a fantasy film. It's bizarre in the way that it is trying to tap into the star star wars market so it's very like futuristic everybody's got like plastic plate mail it's, it looks really cool there's a lot of money here they shot it in weird islands all the locations look great you get a lot of monsters it's a lot of adventure. So this was a big budget yeah and it was it was really fucking good um i'm not going to talk a bunch about it but in the show notes remind me i'll put a link up to uh the house of sparrows where uh our buddy david robson wrote a far too long essay about Kroll. He was very smitten with it. And um, after he, after Oksana posted that we had watched it for the first time, because I'd never seen it. Mike Keegan jumped in there too, former uh, program director at the Alamo. And he said, Google Kroll wedding. I'm not going to say any more than that, but uh, take our buddy Mike's uh, advice and Google the Kroll wedding. Um, it's great. If you haven't watched it, don't be like me and wait. It's fucking good. If you're not into fantasy, don't waste your time. I think the minute that the Cyclops showed up, uh, Clark would be out. So I'm not even <laughs> going to try and pitch it to him. Well, I got nothing against the uh, um, people that are suffering with one eye. Bioptical? Yes. Or no. <laughs> Our bioptical brothers. Uno op- I don't, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, bio- um, yeah. So it's not streaming for free anywhere, but you can rent it. It's like $2 or something. Or I don't know, pirate it. It's been around forever. Um, while I was waiting for it to download... <laughs> I I went on YouTube and I was like, maybe I can find a trailer to get uh, the couple of people that were here geared up for it. And um, I ended up finding a movie called The Mighty Thor, which was a retitle. Anyway, this was another fantasy movie. It was shot in Italy. It's almost like a spaghetti fantasy. They had no budget. There's a wizard with shoulder pads that are way too big. And it <laughs> seems that he's he's manipulated this uh, poor tribal buff guy into a uh, walking around the local park and boning any girl he can, at which the wizard will change from uh, whatever animal form he's taking and just watch. It's fucking weird. If you want to watch a movie that has nothing to do with Thor, but is titled after it, uh, (laughs) go into YouTube and look up the mighty Thor. This shit was, that's the kind of like shot on video. We don't know how to make a movie fantasy film that I love. Anyway, the real film I wanted to talk about. Um, you gotta close it out. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna close out the uh, four week stint in a uh, my vinegar syndrome deep dive of their uh, Amityville: The Cursed Collection box set, and I gotta open it up this this week with a um a sound clip that we had emailed to us. So I'm just I'm just gonna play this here. They were running for their lives. What happened to them? is an experience in terror you will never forget and you will believe in the evil horror do you like that Randy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. is that a cow? yeah 
All right, we'll no, explain this. No, Madeline hasn't been listening to the show. But uh, Randy does a regular segment now. Called, oh, uh, no, I have. I have been listening to the show. I know exactly. It's it's Randy's, like, cow hour or something. Right? <laughs> yep, yes, that's it. Randy's cow hour. <laughs> Randy has a cow hour. Welcome to the cow hour. So, Randy's movie of the week has been a thing. <laughs> so, now, I, we got an... <laughs> We got an email uh, from an apparent uh, listener. Now you, you didn't. Now you signed <laughs> off on the email, but you didn't give much detail about who you were. So uh, thanks, Tony. Um, I'm not sure that the the sound clip bit works very well, but there was no way we weren't gonna play it. So <laughs> I, you know, in retrospect, I think it was perfect. And honestly, I should have had a fucking bit to like bring in these Amityville movies. So, uh, thank you, Tony. Um, anyway, the fourth and final film is Amityville Dollhouse. Now, now at the end of this, you have to rank them. Oh, I already, I could, yeah. Okay. Easy. Um, I'll tell you, uh, what a weird journey this has been. I mean, it starts with just buying a Blu-ray box set because it looked cool. I hate this fucking franchise. Came into it, the bar was on the floor. We open up with a shot for made for TV movie and it was great. I loved it. And then we go into the first uh, direct video even better. Fucking legitimately my favorite Amityville horror movie, which doesn't mean a lot, except that I authentically like it. And, you know, along the way, we're, we're dealing with all the, the nuclear family themes. The first one is a family without a father. The second film's a family without a mother. The third film is a uh, a a child born from something other than a cohesive uh, nuclear family. And, you know, here at the fourth one called Dollhouse, I, I was sure we're just, we're dropping off here and there's going to be nothing interesting to explore. Sorry, I bumped my mic as I grabbed my notes. Um, oh man, I'll tell you, it was fucking good. Again, I don't know how this box set dug up four movies from a franchise that I was sure had turned out nothing but garbage, even in their best, even off the bat, that movie is crap. <laughs> Fucking dollhouse. Uh, a little. So we're in 1996 now, and um, the film came together. Uh, there was a producer who wanted to try his hat at directing. He don't found, they all? He found out that he didn't. He wasn't very interested in that. So we have a film that was kind of taken over by the cinematographer once again. Fucking beautifully shot. Um, we, we've abandoned the um, predatory eyes that I said was a theme in the first two. And then, you know, as we moved into an urban center, it kind of went away and it's still gone here. But now we have a uh, Partridge family situation going on where we have a uh, marriage uh, or a new relationship between a man and a woman who already have kids. Um, the uh the, the lady has a boy who is a little nerd, and the father has a jock sh- son who's kind of doing bad in school but is very popular, yeah. and a very young daughter. And again, we're we're exploring interesting themes. We get a um a blended family and just the struggle of, you know, becoming a new tribal unit and trying to become this like Frankenstein nuclear family and and just getting through the day. Um, as far as a horror movie goes. This film's got great character building. Uh, we're, we're kind of at a house that looks like it was built to be blown up. 
like it's out in the middle of nowhere, like kind of like a new property in Nevada or something where you got to drive up a dirt hill around a corner. And then there's one beautiful, like, you know, two story house with nothing around it. Like that, that's where we're living in this movie. Um, the story, just to get through it a little bit, uh, it was built on the foundation of a house that had burnt down. I don't know why in the middle of this desert they decided to just erect a new building right on top. Anyway, there was a shed that was uh, with the original building. In that shed is a dollhouse. Now, we discover the dollhouse as a... Oh, why are they going in there? I think the son was bringing his girlfriend in there to hook up or something. And uh, a wasp gets cursed and attacks them. A wasp gets cursed? Yeah, well, it's like a demon wasp. I don't know. This movie... Demon wasp. Wait, we, that hit the news a couple weeks ago, right? So, yeah, it was a murder hornet. Yeah. <laughs> a murder hornet was resurrected from it. This film is bizarre. Much like How your, bizarre. Much like your butt boy film. <laughs> butt boy. The premise, you're just waiting for it to like jump the shark, yeah. as you mentioned earlier. And it doesn't really. It always kind of has the reins on what we're doing, and it keeps it very grounded. So uh, the, the sons are having a hard time getting along. And here, here's a way I can illustrate this. The older son is like, well, I'm going to be helpful. And at my, my little sister's party, I'm going to man the piñata. But I'm going to put a little fake spider in there. Why does that sound perverted? <laughs> so he puts a little fake spider in there. And, you know, when the middle child, the uh, nerdy son, come, he's like, hey, man, take a swing at it. Hit it. And, you know, he lets he leaves it down and he hits it and he fucking destroys that pinata in an impressive way. Anyway, the little spider comes out, and lands on his head, except the spider is a tarantula now and it's real. Oh, shit. I will tell you, it scared the shit out of me watching this movie. <laughs> I don't know how I, it seems so dumb. Like it didn't feel like an appropriate setup and payoff for a, a scare gag. It fucking worked. And this movie's full of weird shit like that. Like when, like you know, after you're like, wait, that plastic. So the the dollhouse turned that plastic spider into a real tarantula to ruin the relationship of these stepbrothers. That's the movie in a nutshell. This house comes in and is just trying to fucking divide these families. Uh, we get a um, one of the ways it tries to do this is it makes the stepmom attracted to the older son. And there's some like Hell yes. 90s kind of. Now ooh, we're talking, you could baby. Cut the damn tension. <laughs> and it's one sided. So the house will like magically open a door, right? Like ghosts like to do. Except in this desert fucking this desert wasteland the only thing we see is a basketball hoop and the son out there uh shirtless wearing shorts and you know the mom will stop and just start sweating looking at him dude it's so fucking effective um you're also, telling me at the party with the pinata um the father's uh sister shows up on a motorcycle with her uh significant other who's a mean biker guy love it well she's a witch and in the third act of the movie, she does some very interesting um, Ouija board voodoo doll stuff that is fucking fantastic. I can't believe it. But this box set, all four of them are good. Now, you asked me to rank them. Yes, sir. Number four. Easy. Oh, you. Oh, God. You Reverse. want me to do worst to best? Worst to best. Three. Uh, the one I did last week uh, was good. Oh, with Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. Not the best, though. And yeah, you get um, Lynn Shay. Uh, Mr. John Naughton acting like a fucking awkward motherfucker in a sex scene. And yeah, yeah that one wasn't great. Definitely worth watching, though. Okay. So number three is number four. Number three. 
Somehow you're making this confusing. Okay, number one is number three. Number one is number three. Number one is the, which one? That was the uh, straight-to-video one that ends with the, um, uh, I'm sorry, the straight made-for-TV. Yeah. Where the cat ends the movie with the glowing eyes. You like that one. And the, I and did. And the lamp. And that was the third okay. worst. All right. So number three is number one. Number two. Number two is number four. Number two is this one. Which is what I'm talking about right now. Dude, this movie is fucking good. I will tell you that the dollhouse does this weird dimensional thing where uh, the nerdy kid, his best friend is an albino lab rat. Love it. Named Max, which was weird because my parents' dog is named Max, but whatever. It's a good animal name. The mouse gets out. It's a good name for a person. And it climbs into the dollhouse. And uh, you know what happens? Wow. Well, of course, the dollhouse is the Amityville house. That's how they work it in here. Doy. So it looks just, yeah, I know. I didn't, I, <laughs> even though I didn't mention it, I felt people got that. So when it climbs under the bed in the upstairs bedroom, it mirrors reality. So the little girl's in her bed and there's a giant rat under it. And dude, there's no need to make a giant prosthetic like rat that, dude, it's so fucking good. Anyway, so uh, number one. Oh, number one is number two. Is number two, yeah. which is that's the one where that's very um Hellraiser, um, where we have a clock that has you know blades yes. come out and dig itself into the fireplace mantle. Right. Very moody. There's body horror in that one. I'll tell you, th- dude, Vinegar Syndrome, you fucking killed it. Um, the box set is great. I don't know if they're still available, but d- do yourself a fucking favor. All of these are good, and I would love to marathon them. All of them are good, but as a reminder, the ratings are. Number four is film number three. Number three <laughs> is film number two. Number no, two. No, you already got it wrong. Three was one. Yep, three was one. Three is number one. <laughs> Fuck, I had it in my head. <laughs> okay, it's it's f- number four is number three. Number three is number one. Number two is number four. four. Number, number one, one is number, number two. two. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> you did it, guys. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> okay. That's the best of the is the thunder. And then... <laughs> Positive affirmation for thunder. Has that ever been done? Do it again. All right. All right. Give me a countdown. All right. Yeah. Congratulations! You did it! Wait, do it again. Okay. It's not malignant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Madeline, have you seen any of these Amityville movies before? I've seen the first one, um, which I found underwhelming. Uh, I mean, it's Amityville is is on Long Island, um, so like <laughs> I grew up there. I grew up in the house. <laughs> yep, I grew up in the Amityville house. No, but we have driven by it intentionally. Uh, but no, I never got deep into the Amityville series. But, who has? Um, but but now I'm now I'm curious about the the later movies. Hey, so you, um, go, you did you did what you came to do? No, Success. Madeline, check out um, number two, uh, which has the okay. worst title, Amityville 1992. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time. It's so fucking <laughs> dumb. But you get 90 Cinemax and you get like some Cronenberg body horror with like yeah. Cinebite playfulness. It's fucking yeah. it's perfect. Okay. And I I don't want to ruin the mood right now, but you got me about another ten minutes. My father my father messaged me this morning and said I'm coming over, and I went 
I guess so. So, um, yeah, you've got me like 10 more minutes. <laughs> no worries. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with a film. I think we also ran. Did you get a chance to see it? Yep. Just watched it this morning. Here, you want to you want to read the. There you go. Six friends hire a medium to hold a scene via Zoom during lockdown, but they got. But they get. Fo- oh, OK. That's a weird sentence. But they get far more than they bargained for as things quickly go wrong. With an evil spirit starts invading their computer monitors. Also, I think that's it's a run on sentence. It's a long yeah. ass sentence. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a terrible thing. No, IMDb does not always have the best um, synopsis. Yeah, plus yeah. it was a cold <laughs> So fuck you, bro. Okay. Um, <laughs> host. All right. First of all, I mean, we all love this. Yes. No. Oh. <gasps> What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't love it. I liked it. It was very fun, but I did not love it. And I'm I'm ready to be the one detractor. Like I'm ready to be the only person. Yeah. Right. Russ set this Although, up. Yeah. Um okay. Well, uh, oh, so we were having Madeline on, and it seemed appropriate that uh instead of doing I don't know, like a regular structure, we would just get together. I mean, three of us are all, you know, co-founders of a found footage film festival dealing with in-world camera stuff. And how many fucking movies have popped up where it's, ooh, they're over Zoom or they're video chatting in a quarantine. And it's like, all right, fuck you. I mean, I think I've seen three of them already. Yeah. And it, the gimmick is, that's all it is. It's a gimmick. They don't really explore anything new. Now, host, uh, we, it was making a, a little ripples on a Instagram. And it showed up on our radar where people were like, dude, have you watched it? Like, it's fucking, it's good. And, you know, when people are, I mean, we're all jaded uh, found footage horror fans. So it's like, okay, people are enjoying it. Let's check it out. Um, oh, man. Uh, let me open up this way and just say, if the other three Zoom movies I watched were a gimmick, this film, I feel, actually amplified their narrative by hosting over zoom and i think there's a underlying comedy that is of the of the narrative styling and it only amplifies the story which i think is a hard thing to do and i think they executed well point russell counterpoint madeline go i think that i mean i haven't seen any other uh, quarantine movies uh, it's just not something i've really been seeking out oh, but yeah. don't blame you. <laughs> it is it is a gimmick like and i don't think the movie rises above that because it doesn't use zoom for anything other than the technology um they so what i felt was the movie answered the wrong question um the question that host answers is how do we make a movie during this pandemic. But the question that I want to see answered is how do we make a movie about this pandemic during this pandemic? Um, I, it just doesn't, it didn't work with my suspension of disbelief because I don't understand why they didn't just log off. Um, (laughs) Well, it it does. And like, they don't give you the context of the world that this is happening in because I'm perpetually logged on right now. We can't log off because there's no other way that we're going to communicate with people. And it doesn't 
make that part of the horror. It, and it's so funny to me because people in the the horror community on Twitter and all that are always complaining about jump scares. This is a movie that is just well-crafted jump scares. And that's all it is. And everybody is like, it's the most scary thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, I wasn't afraid once. I jumped once. But that's not fear to me. Um, is it a blast? Yeah, it's super fucking fun. Did it give me anything? No. Um, it so that was fun. Yeah, but I'm not looking for that in the long run. I can get <laughs> like you're more Madeline. Oh, here, here, hold on. Okay, let's Have roll fun. it back a little bit. And um, okay, you're talking about you wanted a movie, a horror film that's a that's addressing the pandemic. Yeah, because. It, that really would have been a more powerful ghost to me. You can't go outside. You can't log off. There's no reason for either of those in this movie. And I don't understand why there's a ghost. Like, no, like okay. oh, you were assholes. Now there's a ghost. Like, that's it. <laughs> so, you were talking about why didn't they just log off? Now, I thought yeah. the ghost was there to address that problem. Because if you're doing a seance and you have a Ouija board, you're not supposed to just leave. You have to exit. So the the idea of having a guide there to kind of usher people in who I thought they did a fairly good job of um, portraying everybody as not spiritual and not really receptive to the whole thing. So, you know, she kind of opens the gate and then is cut off due to a technical glitch. Mm -hmm. Although I don't I feel like something attacked her in that moment. I'm yeah, like, they there's something in the frame. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's that's the exact problem. Then that's not really addressed. It's scary when she gets kicked off because you see something, yeah. but it's not it, it doesn't explain it more than we did it to scare you. We did well, it to use Zoom. We I, yeah. I yeah, because Christopher Nolan didn't write the screenplay, man. Okay, shut the hell up. Uh, no, so going back to it, I think the film is about um how the fact that we're more connected than ever, but isolated completely is is what we're dealing with here, where we have the traditional setup of, you know, this is a horror movie with a group of friends, except you kind of get the impression that they're globally removed. Like some people felt like they were in a different country to me. And yeah. although they were very close, there's really nothing they could do for each other. And, and that is completely untrue because of what happens towards the end. Well, the one example, um, so there is one. Uh, Which I'm actually a little surprised that you don't have more issues with it. Oh, why? Um, well, I mean, can we go into spoiler territory? No. Uh, I'd, I mean, it just Tread dropped. Lightly. I don't care. I'd rather have a good conversation than tiptoe around it. So, because yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of movie. why is this being filmed this way? I mean, there is no justification for a lot of what happens to be on camera. Other than like, what, did you just pick your laptop up and move it around? Like, I don't understand yeah. why I'm seeing if, this. I feel like every time yeah. that happens, we literally see them pick up the laptop and move it around. But why are they picking up the laptop? Oh, well, I mean, okay, so one time somebody goes to a bathroom and everybody's like, why did you just bring your laptop in the bathroom? No, that like, one makes sense. Yeah, That's yeah. not what I'm talking about, which is why I don't want to go into... If we're not doing spoiler territory, I can't really talk about what I want to talk about. All right. Keep it. Keep it. Uh, 30 seconds to a minute. Go. Uh, okay. Here we go. The pool death. Yeah. Why is that filmed? Why is Teddy carrying his camera around at all? Because Why? Cool. And the last, the last five minutes of the movie, 
should not be on camera. One, she walks into the apartment and then she stands there to be in frame. She doesn't go look for her friend. She waits in front of the camera so that we can see her on camera so that they can get another scare in. It's really fun, but it's not a good, it, 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 it breaks too many rules. And for that, I just didn't believe what I was watching. Okay. You know? So, so uh, verisimilitude was lost for you in uh, yeah. the attempt to get a good frame. I will tell you, um, the film it's is very beautiful technical. frame. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. Um, but it does not ever feel like a stage play to me. Which is the yeah. main thing I, I worry about when uh when mm. you're trying to have actors kind of like ad lib a line or be, you know, in the moment, but also yeah. not feel like they're, you know, walking on tread or like mm -hmm. hitting marks. I, I never got that at any point. Also, um if we want to talk about the pool scene, were you impressed at all by the more uh horror elements of the film and the execution of these um Gag. I will say yes the first time they did each one, but the problem was they did them too many times. Weird. How many times did a body fall? How many times did you see the hanging boy? They kept repeating the same gag, and because of that, it was less effective every time I saw it. To the point at which I was like, I can't wait. I'm going to do a shot every time a character falls out of the sky. <laughs> um, but it does. It is cool, but also it, so. The movie that people keep comparing this to is Unfriended, and I think that they are miles apart. Unfriended is done in one take. Unfriended was actually choreographed and done like as it was happening. It was shot in the 90 minutes that the movie takes. Um, and Unfriended is really using social media as like the thing that is scary. It is using the computer, Facebook, what happened online to make you afraid. It's, uh, host isn't doing that at all. Um, and host is very like edited. There's a lot of effects where you can see the effect. It's fun. It's roller coastery. I don't hate it. I did enjoy it. I just don't think it's very valuable other than, you know, <laughs> well, the technology. Which is fine. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, they do the controlled perspective thing that I yeah. did in searching, but mm -hmm. I didn't mind it here because they, they just in searching. I, I know, yeah. but you know what I'm talking about where they zoom in on a computer screen. Yes. Yeah. Like, Wait, look over here. There's a notification. They don't There's a lot of somebody typing on her computer. <laughs> like it feels like, but, and it's the director. Like I could kind of get a sense of who of the director being there, even though I think it was supposed to be that one woman's computer. Here, it felt um, like there was another person controlling it. How how did you watch host? Um, at home at night in the dark alone. I mean, like, were you watching on a TV? Oh yeah, my I have a giant like sixty five inch television. Um, and so like I sit pretty close to it. I'm in the dark. So I was really like in the movie. Like I saw, I watched it in ideal circumstances. Um, and like, I will say I jumped a few times, but like, I didn't really feel a sense of, of dread so much because I just didn't care about what that ghost was. Like you go, Oh, it's a demon. You were an asshole. Now there's a demon. I'm not afraid of that, but I am afraid of the jump scare so I feel that tension. Yeah, I don't know. I'm as far as a ghost story, I like how violent the murders were. Yeah. I, I did like I did like that was a barrage. Yeah, 
who gets her head smashed on her keyboard. That was that was a good one. That yeah. was hilarious. It was shocking. Yeah. Now, Kurt, it, 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 yeah, like the saying, it's just nonsense. No. It, <laughs> Yeah, so Clark <laughs> Clark was laughing out of fear. Now I'll tell you, Madeline, you, what are you talking about? You were talking about having. I an, do everything out of fear. First of all, <laughs> of, you were talking about having an ideal situation. We did not. We uh we had a chatty uh group of friends there, but Terrell was on one. Terrell was unnerved and could yeah. not stop talking Incessant through the incessant commentary. I believe at one well, point I shushed the other half of the room. People are afraid of the jump scare. It's they're afraid of the feeling they're going to get when the thing happens. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't discount that in any way, and I think a lot of uh, horror fans are just looking for that. They could give yeah. a fuck about like uh, you know any social movement or any political mm-hmm. statement being said in the uh, in between the sentences. Although that's not what I'm asking for. I just um, I would say like for me, psychology is very important when it comes to building a sense of fear. That like I'm more afraid of an idea than I am of a feeling. And for a lot of people, I think that feeling is scarier. They don't want to have the feeling. For me, the feeling is fine because it passes. But if an idea gets planted in my head and I can't stop thinking about that idea, that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah, I, you know, just doing a lot of Zoom meetings lately, Mm -hmm. it's I I thought it was really interesting kind of having a captive victim audience. Yeah. You know how we watch you and I believe at your last apartment. You were in the kitchen a lot and you'd be preparing food while we're we're having like a while we were meeting. having calls. Yeah. Uh-huh. You had a window behind you that just begged for like a face to pop up. Yeah. yeah. And, and I felt like when I was watching host, I'm kind of confronted with the like, well, what do you do in that situation? Like, like, oh, I, I should mention there is one of the most effective, I think, uh, girl being dragged out of frame gags that I've seen mm-hmm. in a long time here where she's standing up falls down flat and then is pulled down a hallway mm-hmm. like normally that kind of stuff takes me right out of the movie but i i i don't know i thought a lot of the stunts were very well done um yeah i, I mean it's really well choreographed um and, and like it's cool they do a lot of cool stuff um Again, and they I, know they know it's cool is the other thing. Like they oh, are aware that they are doing cool shit. I mean, I do like the girl getting her face smashed. I thought oh, yeah. that was a great use of like a funny zoom background yeah. because you don't expect something to break through it. And when it does, it's very jolting. Um, I want to know what Rand- I want to know what Randy thought of this movie. I enjoyed it for the most part. I think I'm probably more on your side, Madeline. Um, the one thing that annoyed me kind of uh, earlier on than I kind of, I don't know, forgot about it a little bit was, was the camera thing. Uh, just thinking like, yeah, why would they be picking up their laptop? Why would the laptop have a front facing camera or yeah. why would they face their laptop that way? So I was like, maybe they're using their iPhone, but I was like, no, if you're on zoom on your iPhone, like you're not setting it like sideways, you know, so that the frame wouldn't be that no, way. They were laptops for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, uh, when, when she used the cell phone extender thing, um, I think that was e- either like a cell phone or an iPad or something that she must have been using. And I thought that was a really cool use of that oh, device. The selfie thing. Yeah. Yeah. When the you, selfie stick oh, thing. Yeah, that was, Dude, that was great. Yeah. I, you know, I think. But it's again, all, everything we're talking about is very technical. Yeah. Um, there's just no story to support it for me. Well, you know, I don't know much about where this film came from, but the other ones that I had seen 
in relation to uh you know our technical situation during quarantine yeah they just weren't as thoughtful or creative and uh, you know again i think this film really wasn't trying to deal with the pandemic which yeah. i appreciated because yeah. i'm fucking tired of hearing about because it. this felt very natural like we're already like we're we're in it yeah you know what i mean there's no introduction of it's, it it's the new normal and it is the new normal and i think that that's how they treated this and again like madeline brings up a lot of great points and um but ultimately, I just wanted, I just wanted to be entertained, and um, this movie, the entire time, I was laughing. I laugh when I enjoy things, not even things How that weird. I weird. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear me do it a lot. Um, so, like the keyboard death, I was laughing because I was like, "This, this is, is great. great." I had yeah. so much. I yeah. So. Uh, especially that happens when I'm high. But and, again, uh, I, I think the main focus of the film wasn't to tackle the uh, pandemic, but it was to tackle. Yeah, technology. right. And my my celebration of this film is because they made this during the pandemic and they pulled it off. And I'm like, good job. This is well, great. Here's the other thing, though, is the language. So, you know, when, when we're dealing with found footage horror, there's a lot. The cameraman has a very loud voice in just framing the movie. And here. When you kind of have, you know, laptops moving around and a uh, selfie stick in your attic. I thought it really shined when we're dealing with like the, the wallpaper gag, because that's been a big thing on Zoom is like, oh, I'm dressed up like I'm on a ski lift and that's my wallpaper, yeah. you know, or we have the filter gag where um, it's identifying a face that's just, you know, in the air. Or we even had my favorite was the fact that they were on a Zoom trial. And I thought, yeah. Uh, yeah, that bothered me so much because I checked the time when that came up and it had been 45 minutes. Now, yeah. you know, I feel like you, <laughs> <Matthew> Madeline. <laughs> I did the same thing, you know, well, with a movie that is drawing so much attention to what it used to make it, they they should have, you know, made it the right timestamp. <laughs> No, now, for, for everybody listening now uh, we do a we do a found footage horror fest right i know you've probably yeah. heard that before this is the kind of shit we talk about and uh even though like madeline's on the other side of the coin for me here you're 100 percent right and mm -hmm. i think this movie would have been elevated if yeah if it, it was just intuitive decisions made the whole time now yeah and i also think that you're forgiving it for the movie gave you what you arrived looking for you wanted to have a good time and see someone take zoom and use it to use it creatively to make a horror film i wanted to address the fucking dread i feel logging into all these work zoom calls and it just didn't really talk about the feeling um so yeah, I think we wanted different things from it. And because yeah. I wanted something I wasn't getting, I was hyper aware of every time it broke, uh, you know, it, it broke film footage well, horror rules. Even though this is screen life, well, I think it has the same sure. rule set. Well, yeah. Another thing, though, is I felt like I wasn't the exact audience because this was really for people quarantined with like alone or with like a significant other. And which you know, I am. I'm, I, yeah. I'm here with three people. So I was like, oh, I, you know. Anyway, but I, I think it'll be more effective for you then because you're not having the experience I'm having and then not seeing that experience reflected in the movie. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're wrong. I think it is for a group of friends wanting to have a good time. Yeah, we're, we're four loco here. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will tell you the thing now, what I honestly think that really spoke to me here was mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago we had um slasher victim six 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 on. Yes, my friend. Great show. And, Go and, listen uh, to that episode. It's so good. Now, one of the things I loved about Real Two was that he got very Brian De Palma with split screen. Yeah. And I love the idea of, you know, modern horror audiences being kind of too savvy, where fucking um riddled with ADD, nothing can hold our attention. So when you throw up seven different fucking little little windows to different worlds, I found myself constantly panning the screen. And I felt engaged the whole time. I think I have just- you seen time code? I think it's Mike Figgis. Yes. A long time ago, though. Yeah. Russell, you should watch this movie. He does it also in another film that was a Dogma 95 film. I think they're both Dogma 95, but a movie called Hotel. Um, You should watch both of those because they both play with um, like video split screen. De Palma split screen was always very like... Um, like almost like iconic, like I'm dividing the frame in two and there's two stories playing out yeah. while Figus did it a lot more like surveillance style where it's video and it, and the frame is divided into four, almost as if you're looking at four individual TVs. Okay. Well, um, we're 2000, right? Yeah. These are, these are, all, I mean, this is Dogma 95 era. Okay. Uh, so yeah. No, just, I Googled time code IMDB and four movies popped up. No, it's the 2000. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I'm going to. Oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm just looking at uh, screenshots. Yeah, I I love multiple screens. I don't know. I I feel like, you know, Hollywood has done such a good job of kind of uh, getting us used to subliminally understanding where a story is going to go just based on camera language that it's boring. And when we mix it up like that, it. I feel like I feel like nobody's done all they can with it yet. Like I feel like it's still new ground. But I definitely thought seven screens where we have a seance led by a girl who looks like she's doing it out of her basement in the middle of the country. <laughs> I like that out. Yeah, and you know, uh Madeline, uh a movie that we both love, um uh the Collingwoods story. Yeah. Uh-huh. That movie in that pre video chat era, they really understood that the frame is going to be your little introduction into like Clark Little's world. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say I recommend host. Like it does get a thumbs up for me. I just had some issues with it. So it wasn't, it's not a five out of five. It's like a three out of five for me. Good. Uh, because we have to be critical about these films as we are (laughs) gateway. Popular culture. Now, I really do want to do a Screen Life series at some point, like play a whole bunch of different Screen Life films. Screen Life is the term for movies that are made using a computer screen, um, which is its own subgenre of in-world camera. Uh, yeah. You think we could get a, a my first film? Oh my god, that's the dream. Um, I, did you ever talk about that on the podcast? Zia Anger is an artist. I don't think in New I did. York. Yeah, she's a an artist who did a live show called My First Film, um, where she basically gave a talk on a computer screen about the first film she made, which never got released, and shows clips and like writes in Notepad on the screen while you're sitting in the theater watching it. So it's like she makes a live screen life film. Um, 
and it is fantastic. So, yeah. I, again, I googled my first film, IMDb, and uh, you know, I was listening to you, so I wasn't really reading, and I just clicked the top link, and I was <laughs> looking at it, and Clark, again, I have a monitor hooked up to my laptop so Clark can see what I'm doing, and I know I'm uh, I'm not doing it right when he starts laughing. And uh, I look up, and it's my first movie, uh, the story of Sabas, a total loser. However, his life <laughs> changed after his first encounter with a former classmate from elementary school. She wants to become a famous actress, so Sabas has to make a movie to gain her love. It is a sultry Latina woman and two doofy-looking motherfuckers holding a film. And then one guy, at one the dumpy-looking guy, has a thought bubble, and he says, SBN Facil! <laughs> <laughs> All right, a four. Come see it. <laughs> My first film. Yeah, no, I gotta look it up. You're right. Screen yeah. life is the thing we should we should totally jump into, and especially now. Like, yeah, I mean, about doing live streams. It's fucking weird, and uh, I I, I don't know, Nance. Fuck it. It's raw. It's edgy. Yeah. Oh, we gotta talk about live streams because I really want to try to do an off live streaming event, but you know that's a a conversation for off mic. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing? I wanted to get it on mic. I wanted people to know I want this. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a value to putting shit out there and then being like, oh, I said, I will loud. force this to come into the universe. Yeah. Shame for him. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Right. On that note, I have to leave. <laughs> Madeline, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me. Anything you want to plug at this time? I don't know. Just follow me, DVD Box Set, on Twitter. Uh, That's really all I got going. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm going to get your Twitch together. Yeah. Yeah. Also, DVD Box Set. Follow me there. (laughs) All right. Madeline, thank you. Randy, thank you. Russell, thank you. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.